When you hear the phrase, soft as steel, what do you think of? While the word steel might conjure up images such as massive high-rise buildings, where does the soft part come in? And what exactly does this mean in our work and in our lives? Welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran, featuring engaging conversations with a wide range of industry leaders around soft skills, how we practice love, inclusion, social justice, and compassionate leadership that's everlasting in the workplace. And now, here's Dennis Duran. My guest today is John Pasilico, PhD, MAPM, PMP. I need to pause right there because I know what two of those are, but I'm not sure what the one in the middle is. I'm guessing a master's in project management. Is that- It's actually a member of the Association for Project Management, which is uh, a project management association here in uh, the United Kingdom. So, you know, this has already been a different interview because I'm talking to the guest before I finish introducing him. <laughs> so let's get back to this. He's joining us from the United Kingdom, where he is a senior lecturer at the Birmingham City University School of Engineering and the Built Environment in Birmingham, England. He made the move to Birmingham from Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, in the fall of 2020, where he earned a PhD in the built environment while lecturing. That's impressive enough, but the thing I think makes John of great interest to me is his direct construction management experience, which he brings with him into the classroom and no doubt enriches the learning experience of his students. I also know by virtue of connecting with John around the time I published my book, Soft as Steel, that he fully appreciates the fundamental and vital importance of people skills, I call them soft skills, communication, and relationships to successful project delivery. John, welcome to the Soft as Steel podcast. Thanks, Dennis. It's wonderful to be here, and thank you for inviting me uh, to be no. to be a participant here. Thank you. You're not a participant. You are a guest, oh, well. and that makes you... yeah. Although I guess participant alludes to the fact that you will talk, I will talk, and we will both talk. Yeah, we'll engage in a nice dialogue. Wonderful. Exactly. So you notice what I picked up in the second part of my conversation. Fair assessment? Yes, yes, definitely. I want to start really, and I think it was one of the articles that I read where you were talking about technology. Mm -hmm. As I look at our industry, there are a variety of ways where technologies are now becoming integrated in the building process, in the process of managing project delivery, just a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. And you recognize, I mean, commented about it in your articles, recognizing that, you know, one of the fundamental technologies involves communication. Correct. And how you use technology to accomplish transactional and other kinds of communication. Let's talk about that some, because, you know, I really think that as I look at the industry, and I'm holding up here so our audience listening can't see this, but I'm holding up my phone, which we call a smartphone, because this phone 30 years ago would have occupied a five-story building or something on that scale. But it's fundamental to how connection is maintained just at the basic project delivery level. What are your first thoughts around that topic? Yeah, it's an interesting one that has a lot of layers. Mm -hmm. You can kind of look at it as an onion, both for good and bad, depending on your tastes. And I think from a technology standpoint, with a really broad kind of category here, you can kind of fall into two different camps with this. I mean, I think we have to be very careful, especially in construction and the built environment industries, to walk that fine line and not get sidetracked or pulled into, in other words, be a moth to the flame in some regard. But remember, technology and the devices and the applications and the pieces of hardware and software are merely tools. 
akin to a hammer, akin to a trowel. They are only as good as the human working it. Mm -hmm. And that even goes for a lot of our artificial intelligence that we're seeing today. So yes, technology can be a wonderful attribute. I can help streamline communication. Look, this podcast would not be possible without advances in technology. However, what makes or breaks it is the human interaction and the human communication behind it. So I think that human element, the authenticity of the communication through whatever means is paramount. And the key word is the authenticity of it. The old adage, rubbish in, rubbish out, comes to a lot of it. And we have a whole suite of tools that we can utilize. But remember, they are tools. Mm -hmm. They help us in the process. They can also hinder us, and they can also cause more damage. We have to select the correct tool to help support the way and means of how we're communicating, depending on our audience, depending on our message, depending on what we want to achieve with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a CEO of a, of a large construction management engineering firm in Seattle, uh, when I visited with him, uh, one concluding thought he had at the end of our conversation, and he's a, he's a, a, he's a big believer uh, in the benefit and utilization of technologies. Uh, and he's done some, his firm has, has been leading a lot of ways, uh, the integration of technologies into the building process. Um, but his simple thought was, uh, and I appreciated this, you'll understand when I say it, why he, I appreciate it. His thought was technology will never replace soft skills. Mm -hmm. Exactly. hundred <clears throat> percent. What are your, what are your thoughts? 100 <clears throat> percent. Not a true word. Um, Darn, I wanted more than hundred percent. I, you know, I wanted hundred and one percent. Um, uh, well, no, what, but, so, so what, what, what do we mean by that? Yeah. So I think it, it, it goes, I mean, we can, we can trace this all the way back to the beginning of our species and there, there are other, um, uh, leadership experts that, that can comment on this, regardless of the discipline. We're social animals, plain and simple communication, being in the same room, um, uh, picking up on literally the smell of each other, uh, picking up on um, the the uh, the nonverbal communication, the way things are said, the tone, the inflection. Um, it's hardwired in us as individuals. Um, mm -hmm. Technology can help accentuate that, can help us um, be more effective in our communication, um, but nothing replaces um, uh individuals are humans in a social interaction, whether it just be one-on-one -on -one or a whole room. Mm -hmm. um, and like, it, it's kind of, you know, I, I think it's, it's one of the things that, um, well, we, we take, we take COVID-19 and the pandemic, for example, um, being agile in our species, we were able to adapt and adjust the way in which we communicate to help reinforce some of those kind of social um, <clears throat> instincts. Mm -hmm. However, we were able to, we were able to endure that because we knew there would be an end at some point. This was not the new status quo. This would return somewhat back to quote unquote normal. We didn't know when, but we knew that it would happen at some point. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> once we were able to go meet up for a cup of coffee somewhere, we rejoiced because we were getting back to what makes us humans again, um, mm -hmm. is to be able to sit down um, and go through the whole five senses um, while, while, we're, while we're communicating. The mm -hmm. same is true when we're on a construction site. The mm -hmm. same is true when we're 
um, meeting with owners and clients um, to work through large, small, retrofit, new build, commercial, civil, you name it, types of projects. Mm -hmm. It's essential. It's essential. Um, so technology can help. It can hurt. But it will never replace individuals gathering, discussing, sharing meals, sharing coffee, getting into arguments, rejoicing in triumphs, working mm -hmm. through issues um, to build mm -hmm. things. It just it just will not happen because it's not who we are um, as individuals, as a species. Right. That's that. I, that may all makes sense, and I, I agree with all that. And I would describe that as uh, kind of the the positive steady state view. Mm -hmm. um, but let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, one of the other realities is, and again, it's kind of hinted at by the things you know I'm interested in. One of them is is inclusion, which is closely akin to a term and a, a viewpoint uh, that preceded, which is the notion of a diverse workplace. Um, and diversity means many, many things. It's not simply uh, a gender uh, diversity. It's not simply ethnic diversity. It's diversity on, on in every facet of humanity. Uh, and, and those all visit uh, construction job sites. Um, we have a multi-generational workforce. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know you're, you're focused on that. And you did that your little experiment with your class uh, around communication and different generations. Uh, Correct. Um, so... Let's you know talk a little bit about what you're what you what you what you're learning what you're seeing what you think is important for us to 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 have more in front of our, our minds so that we we don't simply uh, uh, we don't let bias uh, with regards to individuals or groups of individuals rule our our practice uh, mm -hmm. we 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 consider actively that there are differences between people um, and that, that one of the things that technology can do is, is hide those differences uh, because they come into play when we have person, you and I have never met in person. Uh, and uh, you know, if you're lucky, we never will. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but I think, I think you see where I, you know, so comment about, about some of those aspects of, of this whole sure. condition that we deal with. I'll try to answer that in two parts. Um, and the first um, is kind of a, a parallel to some of the work that Sir Ken Robinson um, has done um, and now deceased, uh, unfortunately. Um, and he kind of compares it. And it, it makes a nice parallel when we bring the construction industry involved with some of the technology in terms of um, prefab, kind of more the factory approach to construction now. And it kind of compares... Um, two, two lines of thought, one being kind of the spark of the industrial revolution. We started taking bespoke things, custom things, and putting them through a factory, very linear process. <clears throat> Starts out as raw material, goes through a few different things, come out, comes out as, as the finished product. As compared to an organic style, um, think farming. <clears throat> it's an organic farm. Um, you know, it, it's a diversity of crops. Some work out well, some don't work out well. Um, the carrots aren't all the same size and color and shape. It's just how it happens. <clears throat> mm -hmm. So if we, if we take that kind of model um, <clears throat> and look at the sustainability of it and the character of it, well, yes, the factory can produce the X, you know, more widgets, for example. Um, do we need that? <clears throat> um, is it good? The fact that we can produce more 
okay. Um, or do we produce a really good product, but there's not enough, but there's not as much of it um, as before. So I think when we look at the kind of the, the, the mono nature of it versus the uh, kind of organic and um, natural nature of it, it really gets to that um, diverse workforce standpoint. Do we want everyone having the same skill set going forward? No, we, we want a range of skills. We want a range of experiences, of backgrounds, of perspectives, of challenges, um, because that itself creates a very diverse ecosystem that's sustainable, um, that breeds more creativity, that breeds more innovation, um, that actually pushes our industry forward. Um, so I think that type of approach um, lends is somewhat in the face of construction as we stand it now. Um, we have a very male dominated, a very white male dominated industry, um, which is which is unfortunate. Um, we need as diverse of a workforce. Um, when I say workforce, I'm talking in the office, in the field, and everything in between. Yeah. Um, in there, um, because we, we need, we need the holistic perspective, um, for our industry, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, as, as, as selfish as it sounds from an industry standpoint, we need that <laughs> because that's, what's mm -hmm. going to help advance, promote, um, and, and push our industry forward in a positive manner. Um, um, and, and kind of talk about, and we, we kind of talk about some of the, um, you know, correcting a lot of the wrongs that our industry has had, that has had. If we continue down the same line that we have and have not as diverse of a workforce, we're just going to accentuate those problems. If we start getting, if we start actively promoting and creating environments in which a diverse workforce will want to come to work, mm -hmm. then we can start tackling some of those issues. For example, um, Birmingham in England, there's it's the second largest city in the UK. There's tower cranes. <laughs> You, north, south, east, west. You look. There's tower cranes. We're building. Um, wow. it, it's 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 a massive industry. We have HS2, high speed rail two. That's going to connect London to Birmingham. Um, it's going to reduce travel time. It, it, there's there's a lot of positives in Birmingham going on right now. Mm -hmm. However, when you when you walk past a construction site, the same negative images apply. Now, I'm being, I'm painting with a very broad brush here. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, generally, you know, in, in a general standpoint, you don't get the warm, fuzzy feeling walking past a construction site, right? You, you don't go, that's a place I want to work or wow, they're doing a really good job. It's how quickly can I get past this construction site? And I hope no one says anything to me while I'm there. And I hope I don't get dust in my face, et cetera, et cetera. The, the, the standard, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> we can easily correct that. You know, what, what other industry is that acceptable? But in mm -hmm. construction, it's acceptable. Well, if we start bringing in and um, a, 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 if, we, if we create an environment in which, an, a, in which a diverse workforce wants to work in, then those issues kind of just, I don't want to say magically disappear. They just go away because mm -hmm. the standard gets raised. Um, but if we mm -hmm. keep continue down the path that we're down by doing the same old thing day after day, not looking to innovate, even though we say we're innovating from a from a diversity standpoint, it'll, it'll just get worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. How does the construction industry in terms of of the of the culture of it and, and how the participants interact with each other? Uh, is it the same as the United States is it different? And if it's different, how, how is it different? Yeah, I think, you know, 
there, there's some cultural differences, but large and large, it's a lot of the same major themes that come across. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mental health is a large issue in construction. Um, a diverse workforce, as we were just discussing, is a large issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, rules and regulations are a little different, but they parallel similarly. Um, mm-hmm. However, and, and kind of one of the one of the the, the the missions I am on or kind of a, a calling that I am on with, from an education standpoint is um, really elevating the level of professionalism in construction. Now, again, I am not saying that everyone in construction is not professional. I'm trying to keep a broad brush here. Yeah. Um, but that, but that the level of character, the level of um, an individual, you know, let, let's take, for example, an engineer, a professional mm-hmm. engineer versus a construction manager. Mm-hmm. You ask the general public, and again, painting, kind of making some general assumptions here. There's a more there's a, there's a strong likelihood that the general public will trust a professional engineer significantly more than they will a construction manager. Mm-hmm. That may be because they're you know, uh, licensed by a specific state or mm-hmm. um, you know have have a specific code. That they, they adhere to from from an integrity and character standpoint doesn't necessarily exist from a construction standpoint. It's a little different over here in the UK, but that still level of discrepancy is there. Well, why is that? Why isn't it equal? Mm-hmm. And why why aren't we as construction professionals raising the stakes of ourselves and holding ourselves to a higher calling and higher accountability? Say no mm-hmm. when people, when the general public, when clients and governments look to hire a construction manager it's not an automatic negative. It's not an automatic, they're out only to make profit. How am I going to, you know, how, how am I going to lose money on this? Because I've hired a construction manager, mm-hmm. right? Rather than mm-hmm. when you look at a professional engineer, just for example, um, when a client hires a professional engineer, they know they're going to get a building that meets the standard that that is performing to the right. No question. Mm-hmm. So it's even though they may not, Correct, but there's that, but there's that kind right. of there's there's that there's that immediate comfort knowing mm-hmm. that they're going to be treated well and fairly mm-hmm. um, at that level that we don't get in a construction standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think re- kind of reflecting, it's well, we are the masters of our own fate with that. Mm-hmm. Let's hold ourselves to that higher standard. There's nothing that says we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's in, in the key of that, of starting that, is with soft skills, interpersonal skills and competencies, the, the concept of integrity and character coming into our profession, not as high-level lofty words, but daily, um, <laughs> daily vocabulary on a job right. site. Um, right. And I think that that's kind of my charge and, and, and my, my, my calling within construction is to help, help to shift that, um, mm-hmm. and the like. So, yeah, just as recently as a few weeks ago, I was, uh, I was invited to, uh, to spend a day with a group of 10 women, uh, who were, uh, uh, who were interviewed and, uh, and selected uh, to participate in a program sponsored by uh, something called Women of the Trades, uh, and specifically Chicago Women of the Trades. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first four days of their week, basically a pre-apprentice experience. So they, they, they get a chance to see different aspects of all of the trades in a direct hands-on way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that was four days. The fifth day, 
uh, was what they invited me to do, which is that they wanted me to do something that was soft skills related. Uh, and, and what I decided to do with, the, with that group uh, of really impressive women um, was uh, to use an assessment uh, that is uh, a particular assessment that, uh, uh, that, that provides information with regards to a person's uh, behavioral style or personality, as well as their emotional intelligence. We haven't, we haven't mentioned emotional intelligence yet in this yeah. conversation. <laughs> a, a, really, a really dynamic assessment tool. And we, sp and we spent a day uh, working with that tool, processing it, dialoguing about it, and letting them ask questions about it, talk to each other about it. And, uh, and at the end of the day, they were just you know, just on the moon, uh, because it could, because they had felt they had, had spent a day getting such valuable information about themselves. Uh, and so that, that to me is kind of like, uh, that's like, that's like the footings on a building, uh, you know, understanding, you know, I talk a lot about self-awareness and self-understanding, uh, and that's hugely important. Uh, you know, nothing else really can happen unless you start with that. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I, I mentioned that because, uh, you know, one of the things that I'm looking to see more of, and I'm not seeing it, frankly, uh, is, a, is a more visible acknowledgement uh, that, uh, uh, that understanding contracts and understanding how to do a quantity takeoff of a drawing and, 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 a, and a whole range of other skills, how to prepare a change order, uh, how, to, how to, you know, just how to write a proposal, all those kinds of things are, are important skills that I, I, I consider those to be hard skills. Uh, and as you know, I define soft skills not as skills, but of, as being qualities, behaviors, attributes, uh, manifestation of a person's values. That's, to me, what soft skills are. And there are a range of other people define it differently. Uh, but but that's, that's where I live. Uh, and, and it speaks to the fact that uh, in trying to take advantage of the opportunity that's present with a, with a multi-generational workforce, uh, with uh, a very diverse workforce, to try to take advantage of the sum of that uh, by, by weaving a new story or a different story for the construction industry. Uh, and I just had the privilege of having a conversation with the executive director of the Canadian Building Trades, uh, and and that was one of the one of the important thoughts that he had. He said, uh, we had a, our conversation of about thirty minutes, uh, and at the end of the conversation, as I will with you, I asked him to uh, help us come up with a title for the episode. Mm -hmm. uh, and his and his and his title was the construction industry: a story worth telling. Mm -hmm. I like uh, that. And because and, and it needs to be a different story. It can't be the story that you uh, felt important to just keep on walking when you go by a, a construction job site. Uh, you know, it has to be a different story. And and we, we are not nearly where we need to be uh, with regards to the, what what is what is the different story. And the different story are things that I know that you have an interest and appetite and a calling for, and obviously the things that I'm passionate about. Your thoughts? Sure. Yeah, uh, one of the things I want I want to. Uh, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think one of the things that uh, hopefully the the listeners will will see a nice connection with, dare I say, a golden thread, um, was from you my. From, you said you said I a know, golden I thread. Know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from, yeah. From a um, from a from a research standpoint, um, so the, the 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 majority of the research I have just done um, was in regard to construction management education. Um, and kind of trying to unpack that and rethink that. And well, just like we're building a building, as you mentioned, we need to start with our foundations. I, I created a model um, for that, for construction management education. And it starts with the, with the footings. It starts with mm -hmm. the foundation. 
Um, and, it, and it draws a nice parallel. And no surprise here, that footing um, proven through primary data, secondary data, um, qualitative and statistical analysis to the 99th percentile, um, which is medical grade um, on the borderline medical grade um, uh, validation, um, were, were soft skills. Uh, most importantly, leadership, teamwork, communication, listening, understanding, you can kind of lump that in with communication if you want to kind of separate it out. Um, and everything gets built on top of that. And if your leadership skills, if your teamwork skills, if your listening, understanding, communication skills are not up to par, your building will fall. Your building will not stand. It'll start to crack. It'll start to crumble. <clears throat> it, it, it is, it is, it's one of those things that's hiding in plain sight. This is mm -hmm. a lot of the, hopefully a lot of the listeners will go, yeah, I agree with you, John. You got it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and I think we need to underscore that principle. And the other interesting parallel to all of this <clears throat> is that when you look at a foundation of a building, you don't really see it. If you're standing out on the road looking at a building, very rarely do you see a foundation. I mean, you may see a little bit. If you know where to look, you can kind of see some of it. But a lot of it's hidden beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. So it's the hidden stuff that's doing the heavy lifting. And that mm -hmm. is soft skills, mm -hmm. right? It's the stuff that you don't see at first glance. Mm -hmm. But you better have it or else... Mm -hmm. The relationships, the impact that you're trying to have, the building that you're building, the relationships that you're building, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, will start to crumble and then they will fall down. Um, so I just wanted to kind of draw that interesting parallel because that's yeah. directly aligned with my research um, and stuff I'm trying to do from an education standpoint to produce that next generation of students um, coming into the profession. Um, but it just it just underscores the just the 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 significance of it. I can't, I can't state that enough. It is so important. It's vital. Mm -hmm. Um, and we need to emphasize that. I mean, there's, there's so much training on how to do Microsoft Excel. There's mm -hmm. so much training on how to use Autodesk or whatever insert company technology, you know, brand here. Mm -hmm. Um, and very rarely, do we have training on how to have effective communication, mm -hmm. how, to, how, to, how to talk with someone who's just going through a bereavement, how mm -hmm. to talk to someone who did a really good job? Mm -hmm. We don't teach that. Um, we can, <clears throat> um, and we need to, um, mm -hmm. because it's those, it's those relationships. It's, it, it's that um, communication. It's that human to human connection that starts to build positive cultures in our industry. Mm -hmm. And once we start to build those positive cultures, then if I can, um, uh, kind of tag on to, um, our, 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 um, Canadian counterpart, then we can mm -hmm. start to tell our own story, mm -hmm. um, and create those cultures and create those environments in which people, want to come to work for us mm -hmm. um and the like so yeah i guess i guess we'll just we'll we'll we'll, we'll pause there um and kind of yeah. can, can continue but it's just that the, the parallel dennis is um it's one of those things when i was going through the research it was I, I kept having to talk with my supervisors and talk with colleagues and industry professionals because it was one of those things where you're seeing it and you're like wait a minute is is it that simple 
is it that simple, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I didn't have to do all these crazy things and stand on my head and then come up with this idea. It was like, it was right there. It's like, Mm -hmm. is it this simple? Is it that simple? Mm -hmm. International polls. I mean, we're talking a hundred people from across the, across the world validating this. And it was like, yeah, it is that simple. (laughs) It's like, okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. It, it, here we go. And that's and that's both the good news and the bad news. Um, as simple as it is, uh, I think I've I think I've, I've, I may have said this, maybe it's a passage in my book, um, but soft skills are the hardest to learn because what you're learning is not simply the the observable skill itself, which is being able to talk, write, whatever the uh, the issue is, um, but as I've looked at for a long time, as you know, uh, this whole notion uh, of, of the fact that, that the, the way that we first make connections with people uh, and then the way that we go about building a relationship. Uh, and again, you, you, you may remember how I came up with the title of my book. Uh, you know, my, my, my analogy was, uh, was steel to a building is what soft skills are to relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I and I believe that that's as true today as it was when I first had the thought. Uh, and it's pretty simple when you think about it. But what it you know what it demands is is, the, is an ability to to use the qualities part to learn about your qualities to develop new qualities, and and then be able to use your mouth and your actions to communicate who you are. To the people that you need to build relationships with, uh, they don't just know know that that you are the right person because you have a title. Uh, they don't just think that you're a really good person because you have a nice smile. Um, you have to convey your qualities, your soft skills to everybody that you meet, um, both in words and in actions. Uh, and when words and actions are 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 in sync, that's in simple terms, as you know, that defines what integrity is. Uh, and it's one of those soft skills that is absolutely essential. Uh, you know, it's got it's, it's got to be in the footings. Uh, you, ha- you, you have to understand what it means to you and more important to others and what you have to do to, in order to convey them so they can get to know you and you can get to know them. Correct. Correct. And we've talked about this before. Yeah. I think one of the things that I'm seeing, and I think we'll take a negative and turn it into a positive, is that a lot of individuals in the construction industry are gaining promotion quickly. They're moving up the ladder and they're gaining titles and they're gaining leadership responsibilities. And within a metric driven world that we're in, within kind of, we need results now type approach. It's in direct conflict to authentic leadership. Mm -hmm. And there's a struggle because we have people in leadership positions Notice I'm saying people in leadership positions. I'm not saying necessarily leaders right. who are looking for the end product and the end result as quickly as they can. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the soft skills and the interpersonal skills and competencies that feed into leaders of character, it never ends. <laughs> Once we're committed to that, it never ends. So we're not necessarily looking for an end product. We're looking to continue doing what we're doing with the clear notion that our quote unquote result, we may not see, we may not ever see it'll happen. And I'm confident that it will, but we may never see it Mm -hmm. because it takes a lot of hard work. 
it takes discipline to do it day in and day out when no one's watching, when I'm not being told to do so, it's because I want it that way. Because I know it's the level that we as an industry need, and I'm committed to that. You know, it's that discipline of doing it day in and day out when no one's watching, because it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. That's in the face of what we're seeing with a lot of these people who have been promoted to leadership positions, is they're looking for that quick win. They're looking for the result because their organization's looking for a metric or it's metric driven. We're not going to get there through that model. It needs to be authentic. It needs to be genuine. It needs to be character-based and interpersonally founded yeah. to do that. Yeah. And if we get more of that in our industry, then we'll start to see that change because we have people who truly care about each other and the development of each other and the like. Yeah, and it's a great thought for us to come to an end of our conversation, and that is with you know a hopeful outlook which is largely dependent on the younger generations in our workforce. Again, rather than simply label millennials as being poor workers, not loyal, not hardworking, et cetera, et cetera, which is nothing but a label, mm -hmm. which immediately means it's probably wrong, and it is wrong, has been wrong, but trying to help them, and this is through training and education mm -hmm. and mentoring and coaching right. to develop the younger generations so they begin learning about what will make them as they progress, what will make them someone who is a good leader, Correct. you know, they will be learning those as part of learning how to be a good project manager, how to be a good project engineer, how to be a good scheduler. Uh, and as they go forward and move into positions where they have responsibility for others. Mm -hmm. And I always say, and this is kind of my last time, I always say to classes that I teach, if you have a responsibility for just one other person, just one that you manage, that you supervise, you also have an opportunity each and every day to demonstrate leadership for that person. Correct. And if that seems a little fundamental, it is, mm -hmm. as it needs to be. Yep. John, the, I, go ahead, please. Go ahead. You're no, like, you, no. you get the last thought. Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, this is just... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Millennials are entering the workforce in need of leaders. With the labels, they're not the leaders right now. Mm -hmm. The people who are casting millennials as these labels, they're the leaders. Yeah. They can change it. Yeah. Be the leader that you want the millennials to be. And then you kind of do that all the way down uh, to mm -hmm. the generation aspect. It's we're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Great thought. John, it's been fun. It's been, for me, educational. Always talking to a guy who's got a PhD. I mean, you got to be smart. <laughs> uh, or you just fill out forms. I don't know. I don't know how to do no, that. No, no. Yeah. I wish it was just filling out forms, yeah, but yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. It's great to see you. Again, it's a funny thing. And again, I think it's a function of how humanity has evolved as a result of a catastrophe. But, it, you know, it seems like we know each other pretty well. Mm -hmm. And it's like we just saw each other the other day, which is exactly. a good feeling. So thank you it so is. much for joining me on the Softest Steel podcast. Oh, thank you, Dennis. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for this episode of the Softest Steel podcast with your host, Dennis Duran. Dennis is the author of Softest Steel and a leading speaker and trainer for organizations across many industries and verticals. To learn more about the work Dennis is doing to activate soft skills in the workplace, contact him at DennisDuranSpeaking.com. Be sure to check out his book, Softest Steel, on Amazon or wherever books are sold. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you'd like to get your podcasts. And please remember to share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and anyone you feel would benefit from the conversation. We'll see you next time on the Softest Steel Podcast. <laughs>
with Dennis Duran.